He's amused Cam Newton. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you all schedule this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tarion. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. I see, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for the drive with Josh Graham. You are on a Thursday drive, WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad, where it's NFL schedule day. And if we're being honest about it, the presentation of it all is kind of absurd. There are always leaks, and there have been today. We already know who the opponents are. We've known that since the second week of January. And teams do a little bit too much on social media. Just a little too much. Except the Panthers, because they will always be the schedule release video goats and everybody else is playing for second. However, don't let the nonsense of it all today take away from how important the schedule release actually is. It legitimately matters, and your favorite team's season could be swung two or three wins or two or three losses based solely on where these games are placed tonight. Real advantages that coaches and players and executives and general managers really care about are going to be gained tonight. The placement of your bye week, not having it too early. Or if you're trying to break in a rookie quarterback like the Carolina Panthers are, maybe it benefits you to have that earlier than usual. Playing cold weather teams that you're set to play on the road in September or October rather than in early January or in December. Playing younger teams earlier on in your schedule. Playing the older teams with not so much depth, especially in the trenches later in the year. These are things that are being looked at that are going to be examined and talked about at great length. And those are just a few to name. There are real disadvantages too. This mostly stems at time preparation disparities. How many times are you playing teams coming off a bye week? When you play a team coming off your bye, are they also coming off a bye? Or coming off a Thursday night game where they get three extra days of prep? Those types of things can really play to your advantage. Do you have to play multiple Thursday night games? Now that that is allowed this year, somebody's going to get screwed with that. I don't know who it is. Are you going to play Saturday games in December rather than Sunday games? That's one day less of prep. Are you going to play a ton of primetime games? That's something that can work to your disadvantage. These are all things that you should break down and factor into the calculus of how well your team did when it comes to the schedule. As it relates to the Carolina Panthers, we are excited to see how they're going to reveal the schedule. On social media, what are they going to do? They've put some teasers out that it's going to be a film type of deal at a movie theater and Jeremy Chin and Dante Jackson are involved with something and Brian Burns and Derek Brown and J.J. Jansen wearing like these very you know, fashionable, we'll call them spectacles, the Panthers' long-tenured, long snapper. For the Panthers, everything's going to be viewed through the Bryce Young lens. Everything. Oh, the Panthers are playing the Texans in week eight? Good. That's a lot of time between week one and week eight to ensure that you get the two, the first two picks in the draft going head-to-head with each other. The first game's in Atlanta. You hear a lot of people say, well, oh, Bryce Young. He's played a number of games in Atlanta. 
where the SEC championship game's at. So he's no stranger to that. It looks like the first two weeks are going to be Atlanta on the road and the New Orleans Saints on Monday night football in week two. Which, if I'm looking at it from the Bryce perspective, and this is something I want to ask Joe Person when he joins us later this hour, that actually looks pretty good for Bryce. You have the entire offseason to get ready for that first game, and then after your first game, you have an eight-day prep for a home game against the Saints. If I'm talking about getting the quarterback ready and easing them into it, those are not very difficult games to open up with. It's not like you're going to Seattle. You're going to New Orleans to open things up. Two really hostile environments. No, you're opening at Atlanta. They don't have a great edge rusher. You don't have Michael Parsons lined up on the other side or Daniil Hunter and you know Zadarius Smith from Minnesota to deal with. It actually seems that that falls pretty well for Carolina. The Green Bay Packers, it appears will be coming to Charlotte on Christmas Eve. That's a Sunday, second straight year. The Panthers will be hosting an NFC North team on Christmas Eve. A lot of today is preposterous. It's fair to say that. But the schedule release itself is very significant. Advantages will be gained. Disadvantages will happen too, and real ones at that. Will Dalton is the executive producer of this show. At the movies with the WD later today. Uh, WD needs more of a thinking man's picture. And that thinking man's picture, Ian Eagle, is Gladiator that he watched last night. A lot of athletes use Gladiator as a hype-up vehicle, getting people ready to go, get them ready for games. Ray Lewis said before every game he played in the league, he would watch Gladiator. And he plainly ripped, ripped off of Maximus grabbing the dirt like he does his little celebration that he did when he comes out onto the field he grabs the dirt first and rubs it together the same way that Maximus does and some say that LeBron might have ripped from that as well when he does the entire what's he putting in his hands it's like talcum powder yeah when he does chalk the chalk and that too did that movie get you in the right mindset today yeah I'm I'm all fired up fired I'm up. entertained Yes, at my signal, unleash hell. Mm-hmm. I put a poll question out there. Maybe we can get to this later in the show. In fact, I have two poll questions today. The Gladiator-related one was, is Gladiator a sports movie? A lot of people voting on this, 86% saying no, it is not. We'll discuss that later. In about 5-10 minutes, Heisman odds have been released. Sam Hartman and Drake May have the same odds. Who's going to have a better season? Drake May or Sam Hartman? You can vote on those polls. At Josh Graham Radio, at WSJS Radio. WSJS Radio is where we're streaming video and in addition to YouTube and on Twitch. However and wherever you are listening or watching the show, we appreciate that. If you're watching, you see that I got my Orioles gear on, fresh off the two out of three win against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, and I have, for the fourth day in a row, overalls on. On home ice, the Carolina Hurricanes can close out the New Jersey Devils tonight. It is a 7 o'clock puck drop at PNC Arena. And they're going to wrap it up tonight. The Canes will not make the same mistake twice. Something you can talk about. Fool me once. Oh, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Their only home playoff loss 
in the playoffs thus far, WD, was game five of the last series. The last series went this way. Home win, home win, road loss, home win. And then they lost game five before closing things out in six. This series has played out. The first four results have played out the same way. And if you remember that game five last series, Carolina should not have lost that. Carolina should have won that game. They had a couple of mistakes defensively that the Islanders cashed in on, but they outshot them. They outskated them. That was a huge missed opportunity that I do not think they miss here, especially considering the Devils, they have they should have a lot less hope than the Islanders do, or that the Islanders did at that point. Jersey has been belittled, dehumanized in Carolina's three wins in this series. The, the margin of victory in Carolina's three wins in this series, 17-3, to including a 6-1 to win on New Jersey's home ice. Now you're going back to Raleigh where you've lost 11-2 to in your two games and you expect good things to happen, knowing that you have to win three in a row. Take the Islanders. They believed they could win in Raleigh because three of the four losses they had in that series were by one goal, two in overtime. So the odds suggest Carolina's going to win tonight. And they also suggest, I guess, if you're just playing the odds at it, that we're going to get one close game, right? We've already seen NHL history made where in the first four games, there has been a goaltender change in all four. That's never happened in NHL history before this series. The last time the Canes played the Devils in the playoffs, it was the greatest, closest series that we ever seen before. This is the most lopsided series that I've ever seen. So, I mean, the game hasn't been closer than four goals. I venture to say that that will change in a closeout setting for Carolina, but who knows? Maybe Carolina wins eight to nothing tonight. I don't know. I do feel like the Canes are going to win, though. They're not going to make the same mistake twice. As I mentioned, Joe Person, he will be our guest in about 20 minutes or so at the movies. That's today with Gladiator. That'll be in our 4 o'clock hour. Uh, WD needs more of a thinking man's picture. And the sixth man of Tar Heel basketball, BDOT, will take you to grammar school. We'll be giving away Daniel Tosh tickets during that segment. Let me deliver on some things that I forgot to last segment. The question was, with the same odds going into this fall for Sam Hartman and Drake May to win the Heisman, who do you think has a better year? 55% of the poll on Twitter say Drake May is the favorite. Something we'll discuss in a little bit because WD per, I forget whose recommendation it was that you watch Gladiator. It certainly wasn't Ian Eagle's recommendation. but uh, WD needs more of a thinking man's picture. You will watch Gladiator, or you already did. We'll talk about it in a bit. Is Gladiator a sports movie? 87% say no. So that's where we'll start our conversation with Joe Person. Plus, we got some Wake basketball news that we'll get to after we chat with Joe. Let's start in the obvious place, Joe. Is Gladiator a sports movie? Oh, man. I I don't know. I'd say no. Uh, It's a historical um, drama. Uh, with with a little uh, entertainment value uh, coursing through it. That's a pretty good assessment. Joe Person from The Athletic, here's what's great about him. On schedule release day, you need to find the insiders, the real insiders. And here's how you know whether or not somebody's a real insider. If, you know, if their bio says they're an insider, they're probably not an insider. Joe Person doesn't need to tell you he's an insider. He just gives you information. The Athletic has covered the Panthers for a long time. And just about three minutes ago, 
He tweets, how about them Cowboys? Dallas will be in Charlotte week 11, Sunday, November the uh, 19th per a source. This is how I want to approach this segment, Joe. I'm going to view you like an apple tree, and I'm just going to try and shake you as often as I can here and see if, like, a- rather than apples falling out, like Panthers nuggets fall out. What is today like for you in terms of rumors that are going around and trying to get that stuff confirmed? You know what? I kind of like pe- people sort of poo-poo, um, uh, <laughs> to, to use one of my mom's words uh, or expressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of downplay schedule release day. I like it. Here's why. I am not a guy that tips draft picks. Um, I I don't think having a pick 15 seconds before it's announced is breaking news, and I do think that sort of spoils the punch. But I think today, um, I think most people, like you said, Josh, yourself, and and hopefully a lot of fans and listeners and readers – like to see these nuggets and so and and plus it just i don't know it 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 it, it's so overdone and over the top that it is kind of nice to drop some of the uh the more interesting ones i don't want to like put out the whole schedule i'm not i'm not that guy but i'll try to like pick my spots on some of the prime time games and some of the more interesting matchups like like you said, how about them Cowboys? Okay, give me one game. See, Twitter is consumed a lot differently than sports talk radio is. Just give me one more game that you know when it's happening, but you haven't tweeted it out yet. Give me one. You know what? I'm trying to think. Um, Do you know when that Bears game is? Do you know when the Bears-Panthers game is? Yes, yes. Okay, when's that that game happening? That is week 10, Thursday night football in Chicago. Soldier, venerable Soldier Field. That that's fine, except here's what I told one of my Bears buddies uh, from the Athletic. I liked I wanted a Saturday night in Chicago. That's one of America's great cities. I don't want to like pop in on a Thursday morning and leave Friday morning. That stinks, but I guess that's what what the car, how the cards are dealt. Yeah, I I gave four predictions for schedule release day, and it sounds like. I'm going to go three out of four, WD. We said that for the first time since 2014, the Panthers will open with an NFC South opponent. The Falcons are that. Okay. I said that the first two games were going to be on the road because Charlotte FC is playing that Saturday night right before week two. Well, Monday night gives you a little bit more of a turnaround. The Saints are that week two game, it would appear. So we got that wrong, WD. That's an X, not, not, yeah, we got that wrong. Uh, I said that there would be two primetime games on the schedule, which hasn't happened since 2018. You got the Saints, and according to Joe Person right here, the Chicago Bears are going to be another one. That's a, that's a ding. That's a bell. And then I said that the Bears or Texans would be one of those primetime games, and I just think there's a lot of punch to that one. It's pretty exciting. But this is what I want your thought on, Joe. I opened up today saying there are a lot of absurdities to today. Like, you know, you'll have the schedule release stuff that teams put out and a lot of stuff leaks during the day. And we have the opponents going in. But the the actual results of games in the fall could be swings, could be swung positively or negatively based on the placement of these games. Like coaches and players talk a lot about time preparation disparities and talk a lot about when bye weeks are and talk a lot about hey we're playing at a cold weather city in September or October that's a lot better than going there in December and early January how far are you willing to go in talking about just how important 
the placement of these games are? Well, as I was sort of kind of getting a jump start and, and writing some of our, our copy that will be published on The Athletic tonight, for instance, uh, looking at the Falcons in week one, uh, who have beefed up their pass rush significantly uh, with Calais Campbell. Um, they just signed Bud Dupree not long ago. Like they, they were pretty bad, very bad pass rushing team this year, last year. Looked like they could be better this year. And so that, that'll be an interesting test for Bryce Young. I mean, that's been the, that's, <laughs> it has been the, uh, the one constant through this whole offseason is how will he hold up? Will he get hit and, and break in half? But here's like to go a little deeper on that matchup. That week, also at least that week, the Panthers will be out. Will be without Austin Corbett, yes, outstanding starting right guard as he recovers from ACL surgery. So, that, so you're right that that we know the opponents, but seeing when everything falls during the schedule and what's like, I like to look at like, what is like, this looks like this could be the most meaningful stretch of the schedule, whatever that turns out to be. So it, it, it's yes, it's the NFL. So everything in the NFL does is overdone, but, but there is some interest in, and you're right. Some strategy that, that ends up coming out of tonight. Yeah. Let's throw everything in prime time. They used to have the hall of fame ceremony during the day. Now it's in prime time. We used to do the draft during the day. Let's put that during the week in prime time and spread that out. Hey, let's do the combine, have quarterbacks throw in prime time. Everything they touch turns to gold. Last thing for Joe person on Twitter at Joseph person, read his stuff from the athletic. What was the highlight of, of jazz fest featuring our favorite band, the Avett brothers. I mean, you're nice to ask, and so technically, that this is the interesting thing at Jazz Fest. They were not part of Jazz Fest, but all these cool musicians show up in New Orleans that week, and they played. This actually was almost better from my from my where I sat. They played this historic Sanger Theater mm. downtown New Orleans on Canal Street, mm-hmm. and so and thank goodness because Saturday when they played was a mess out at the um, fairgrounds. It was a, a rainy day and muddy. But once I kind of cleaned up after watching Dead and Company, uh, I got to go in the dry, cozy confines of the Sanger Theater and watch Scott and Seth and Joe Kwan. And it was a mellow show, my friend. It was, uh, they did play a kick drum and they played a couple upbeat, but it was rather mellow and, and I didn't hate it. I was, I was just enjoying the beautiful music. Yeah. We got color show at Merle Fest and it was also a mess, uh, weather wise a few weeks ago. Uh, when you saw dead and company was mayor with him, John Mayer. He was. Oh, that wow. was very cool. I had not seen them with John Mayer. I haven't seen them probably in, I don't know, 25 years. <laughs> um, I think I saw them once after Jerry Garcia passed, but, but it's been a long time, so that, that, was, that was fun, too. Joe Person, I'll let you get back to breaking some news. Thank you for uh, spending the time with us. It's good to hear your voice. Hope to see you sometime soon. All right, brother. Thanks for thinking of me. Of course. There he goes. Joe Person from The Athletic. Spending a little bit of time here. We got two breaking college basketball notes to share. I said that I had something related to Wake basketball. I do. And I see WD rocking the Wake Forest gear that you could see on our YouTube stream, Twitter, and Twitch. 
So Wake's going to be playing in a Charleston basketball event in November. We don't know who the opponents are going to be yet, but here are the teams we know are going to be there. We don't know the matchups, but we know which teams are going. Houston's going to be there. Calvin Sampson. That'd be a pretty good test. No knocking Wake schedule if you got Houston. St. John's is going to be there. Steve Forbes versus Rick Pitino. Sign me up for that. My dad's alma mater, Towson, going to be there in Charleston. I'm sure he's really jacked about that. But this breaking news note that literally dropped two or three minutes ago might be more significant to a lot of people listening. DeMarco Dunn just entered the transfer portal from North Carolina. Whoa. Whoa. Did not see that coming. I I did. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. At the start of it. Because you knew something or just the hunch you had? Well, no. I... From the start of the offseason, I was told, don't be surprised if Tyler Nickel and DeMarco Dunn enter the portal. I'm like, well, what about Seth Tremble? Tremble's going to stay. That's what I was told. Don't be surprised if Dunn... Th- th- that was it. Because, really, it, they, they're kind of in the same boat. Like You see like potential for talent and all this. Don, you know, DeMarco, DeMarco Dunn's in the same boat as Dontre Styles in this, this conversation, too. If they were dudes, WD, they would have played. <laughs> he averaged 2.7 points. Done? Done. 2.7 points, okay? You're not going to get me to feel moved one way or the other. I put him in. If you're asking me what category does he belong in, does he belong in the Seth Trimble box or belong in the Tyler Nickel, Dontre Styles box, it's, it's the latter. I would agree with that. Right. It's, it goes back to, you know, Brad Pitt breaking down players in Moneyball. Oh, that guy can really hit. Then why doesn't he hit good? Oh, yeah. DeMarco Dunn. Oh, this guy's, this guy, oh, man, he could be a real player. This guy can really stroke it. Then why doesn't he play good? <laughs> oh, he doesn't play that much. Why doesn't he do that? I mean, he You don't did... think Hubert wants the guys who play? You don't think Hubert wants the good players on the floor? I agree with you, but... He did start to put in some good work towards the ACC tournament. I do remember that, just to throw that out there. But I'm, I'm with you on the bigger picture. For that standard. We're talking about the University of North Carolina here. I get it. I get it. I'd much rather have that open roster spot if a reclassification happens. Yeah. If something it... happens during the summer where somebody you might not have expected to pull their name out of the NBA draft does so, or if somebody's just unhappy, like... Dawson Garcia didn't work out, but in principle, he showed up in July. Remember, North Carolina last year didn't have room for Gigi Jackson because they filled up. I'd rather have that roster spot open at a place like North Carolina than giving it to DeMarco Dunn, who in two years has demonstrated 2.7 points. And I mean that with all due respect. It's probably best for DeMarco that he goes somewhere else, just like it was better for Dontre Styles and better for Tyler Nickel that they go other places. We're talking about North Carolina basketball here. Hubert clearly has a high standard for it, and he should. And we, looking at it, should probably have a high standard too. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. Before we go to the movies with the WD, we know who the siren sounders are going to be for Game 5 in Raleigh tonight. Canes, Devils, Carolina, a chance to close things out. On the first period siren, Naheem Hines. 
who I believe is from Garner, played at NC State. Once upon a time, he was once an Indianapolis Colt. He's now a Buffalo Bill. Remember, after the DeMar Hamlin situation, the next time the Bills played at home, he ran the opening kickback, which is one of the best moments of the last football season. He'll be on the first period siren. The second period siren is going to be Daniel Cormier from the fight game. Daniel Cormier going to be on the siren. And on the third period siren, someone I saw at Merle Fest just a few weeks ago, Marcus King, South Carolina native. We'll forgive him for that, considering now he's performed Merle Fest and he's going to be sounding the third period siren. I am a fan officially now of Marcus King. Those are the siren sounders for game five later on tonight. Now let's go to the movies with the WD Gladiator Edition. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine! But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At The Movies with Will Dalton. Okay, so we've discussed, is Gladiator a sports movie? It seems the people on the poll on social media don't think it is. I think they're dead wrong. 87% who voted on this poll say no, it's not. Disagree vehemently with that. I've come around on the idea that there will be a sequel that is also directed by Ridley Scott coming out next year for this movie, starring yeah. the little boy, Lucius, now grown up. Denzel Washington's going to be a part of this. That's pretty exciting. Let's get to Gladiator 2000. It's your first Ridley Scott experience because I take it you hadn't seen Alien or Blade Runner, any of those I types of movies, The Martian. No. So this is your first Ridley Scott experience. This is my favorite Ridley Scott movie. What did you like about it? Well, being a Game of Thrones fan, and we had a discussion about this earlier, this type of movie or show or whatever it is, I'm a big fan of. Kind of well, the medieval... You can make the argument that this movie crawled so that way... Game of Thrones could run. And I agree. You might be right about that. Like, I've read something that Joffrey, the char- the character from, I almost said character, from, <laughs> Gla- uh, from Game of Thrones, was pretty much just pulled from Commodus. Commodus from Joaquin Phoenix's character is essentially Joffrey, and Joffrey is Commodus. And, you know, Russell Crowe's character has a pet wolf. I mean... Yep. Do what you will with that information. Mm-hmm. So you, you can Snow. see the ties that Game of Thrones maybe doesn't exist, or at least not the way that it existed, if not for Gladiator and how popular Gladiator was. I really enjoy the action scenes in this, uh, specifically the scene where Max Maximus is about to be killed mm-hmm. early on in the movie by the guards, and then he just annihilates them. This is what's great about having Ridley Scott do it. He wouldn't have agreed to do this movie unless they let him have these big set pieces where that's not CGI like you would see in 2023 today. Those are people, thousands of them, hundreds of them being shot in the opening sequence with a bunch of different garments that they created specifically for this. And all the stuff you see at the Coliseum, like everything is so thoughtful and put together, which kind of gets to the bigger point. It's a big budget non-superhero action movie that we just don't make anymore. And if we were going to make something like this, it's always with a series in mind. Oh, if Gladiator was done in 2023, it would be 
oh, it's a three-movie deal, and they wouldn't have a close-ended story on it. Like, there's zero chance, spoiler alert, it's a 23-year-old movie, that Russell Crowe's character would die at the end. There's no way that would happen today. You spend all this money on a movie, oh, we got to make sure we get two or three movies out of it. And I think that would also affect the quality of the movie. Like, the power of the end of this movie would be taken away if it didn't end with Russell Crowe's character dying. So I kind of long for having big budget action movies that have, you know, characters that are new original characters rather than the comic book superhero type situations that are just prolonged and stretched out so you could get as many sequels as possible and try to extract as much money as you can out of it. I kind of long for that. Um, and that's what struck me as I watched last night. Also, the fight against the undefeated fighter, super cool, with the Bengal Tigers. Best scene of the movie. And that dude's armor was so cool. Yeah. So cool. We who are about to die salute you. What didn't you like? This one's pretty obvious. You warned me yesterday. You and Gray, one of our salesmen here, warned me about this. The scene where his family died. It's tough. I, you didn't have to do that, Ridley Scott. <laughs> you didn't have to have the feet dangling yeah. and then a second shot. We we didn't need to do... I, I said out loud a couple times in this movie, some obscenities in my house, sitting by myself watching this movie. Did you really? Yeah, a few obscenities were said out loud. Like, holy bleep. Really? What? Why? Like, when Joaquin Phoenix's character, Commodus, is talking about what his son said as he was being butchered and his wife, what she sounded like. We, wow, we went there, which kind of gets to, this is a compliment, but it's what didn't you like. Com Commodus might be the most evil movie villain ever. Full and stop. Like, he hits all the notes. It's like a meeting happened. How do we create somebody who's, what are the worst traits we can find? Okay, how about somebody who cheats? Yep. Incest. Incest with your sister? Yeah. Like killing family members like your dad for power? I mean, you know, not anti-democratic. You want to like just get rid of the senators and the Senate? That's tough. I, every, I, this, I can't find somebody who's more evil in a movie than Joaquin Phoenix's character, Commodus, in Gladiator. For and, real. And you know a villain's really good when... You hate the actor too, or people. There are people that hate the it actor. It just keeps ramping up the yes. entire movie. Yes. Like how much you dislike this person. What's the best quote? Are you not entertained? It's just not why you're here. At my <laughs> signal, unleash hell. Is pretty darn good. Defrost. Right. Sometimes it makes. We should sick. say that. We should say that at the start of every show. If I'm, yeah, a, if, I'm a, if I'm a football coach. And I want to get people jacked up. Be like, at my signal, unleash hell. Let's go. Let's go. Go to war. Ready right now. Are you in danger of becoming a good man? It's pretty good. I think you've been a... I mean, the slam of, you're going to fight me? Sure. You think I'm afraid? I think you've been afraid your entire life. Bars. It's got bars. It does. Okay. Rotten Tomato score. You've been really good at this yes, I have. in recent weeks. Let's see how you do for Gladiator 
2000. I'm going to say this got a 92. You sneak in there within five, 87% mm. for Gladiator. Lower Duh. Pretty clear. That's been At the Movies with the WD. You're on the drive with Josh When BDOT takes me to grammar school, your chance to win tickets to see Daniel Tosh at Tanger Center later this segment. Dot joins us now, six-man of Tar Heel Basketball. And with Tar Heel Basketball in mind, there was uh, some news in the last couple of hours that DeMarco Dunn has entered the transfer portal from... North Carolina. Today is the last day of a 60-day transfer window in men's hoops. If he tried tomorrow, he might not be guaranteed immediate eligibility elsewhere. And since he's not a grad transfer, he wouldn't be able to transfer immediately by those logistics. So he had to, if he was going to enter the portal, do so today. Pretty late in the process, obviously. Dot. How surprised are you that DeMarco Dunn is in the portal? I'm a little surprised. You know, he wait, he waited to that midnight hour, as they say in the Bible. You dig what I'm saying? I didn't know if he was going to do it, but, you know, there may be some truth to these rumors that Elliot Cadeau will be reclassing. I really don't know. DeMarco Dunn leaving does now open us up for three um, scholarships that we have available. Um, the player, what's my guy that's going to, that went to Creighton that's still in the um, NBA draft. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's still conversation that he may be coming to Chapel Hill as well. The reality is, as a person, I really enjoyed DeMarco Dunn, man. Like, I mean, he was a nice guy. Seemed like he worked hard, always had a smile. A lot of people say he was the smartest Tar Heel on the team as far as scholastics and um, academia was concerned. Um, but he just never just panned out to be the shooter that I expected him to be. I thought he was going to be a dead shot shooter, sort of in the same vein as Kerwin. Um, he did get better from freshman to sophomore year, but I'm just I'm starting to really believe, and I and I hate admitting this um, on your show, Josh Graham, but I'm starting to have to agree with you in the idea that Coach HD just sat these guys down and said, "Listen, you're not going to get more playing time next year than you've gotten the last two years. So you can either continue to stay here and try to make it work, or your better option may be trying to hit that portal." That's why um, I'm. That's why I'm not moved by this. Like again, like yeah. I know Tar Heel fans get attached to some of these guys. I get it, but right. Hubert's let you know how he felt about this guy over the first two years. He averaged two and a half points a game, and right. it's probably best for him to go somewhere else, like Styles going to uh, Georgetown or Tyler Nickel going to Virginia Tech. You're going to get more minutes going to those places, and it opens up the scholarship, which I think. Whether it's Cadeau reclassing or somebody becoming unhappy during the summer when another transfer portal window opens, a la Dawson Garcia, even though that didn't work in that instance, who's to say that somebody great doesn't become available that you want to have an open roster spot for and probably hope, you would hope, be more of an impact player than, unfortunately, DeMarco Dunn was the last few years. Dot, it's also NFL schedule release day. Your Dallas Cowboys will be visiting the Carolina Panthers, according to our friend Joe Person, who was with us earlier, on November 
16th, that is week 11, the Cowboys will be visiting Charlotte. They will open the season, Dallas will, in primetime Sunday night football against the New York Giants. Are, do you get excited when the schedule comes out, or does that not move you either? Um, doesn't really move me a lot. I try to go season to season. Right now I'm in basketball, NBA basketball season. That's where I'm locked in. Although I did see that. Um, you know me, Josh, so you know my favorite number is 11. Um, for my Dallas Cowboys to be coming to Charlotte on week 11, it's a bit um, serendipitous. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh -huh. So I'll definitely be trying to make sure I'm at that game. We've had the primetime game the last couple of seasons, opened up the season on Thursday night, I believe, in Tampa. I went down there for my birthday, and we got beat by Tampa Bay. Um, so I'm used to my Cowboys having those primetime kickoff games. Um, it being a conference game against the Giants should be interesting because, I mean, you automatically start the season after week one either atop the division or at the bottom in the cellar of the division. So it's a lot, you know, on that game. But I'm expecting the Cowboys to do some good things this season as – we Cowboys fans are expecting our Cowboys to do every season, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Dot, uh, since you're in NBA mode, WD and I have a great disagreement about how we see things currently in the NBA. He's entering the second round. I give WD credit in this regard. Despite the fact the Lakers were the lesser seed against Golden State and Miami was an eight seed again with things stacked against them after upsetting Milwaukee, he predicted it's going to be a, uh, a Miami Lakers NBA Finals going into the series. I felt that the winners of the Nuggets Phoenix series and the winners of the Boston Philly series were going to meet in the finals. Boston. I still think Boston can win that series against the Sixers, but the winners of those series, I like Denver to get there. Uh, no Chris Paul again tonight for the fourth straight game. And uh, we'll see what happens with Sixers uh, Celtics. That's my read on it. The, the winners of those two series, those are pseudo-conference finals. WD, though, is still in on the Lakers, even though AD being out and losing last night might stir a little bit of concern. Where do you stand? Um, of course, I'm definitely rooting for the Lakers to beat the Warriors. You know I'm anti-Steph and I'm pro-LeBron more than anybody you probably ever know. Mm -hmm. But I think I saw it with you in the idea that I think that Phoenix-Denver series is the Western Conference champion. I just think Joker is too much. And if um, Book and KD can figure it out and get past the number one team in the West, I think they're one way to the finals, NBA finals, no doubt about it. And on the Eastern side of the thing, man, I did not see the Celtics imploding the way they did at home. Game five, I did not see that. And Same. from that, I got the 76ers taking this, man. I think it's too much MB. I think this is his year to be great. And I love James Harden. But I will tell you this. Of course, I'm rooting for the Suns. I would love to see a Denver 76ers NBA Finals. I would love to see Joker versus Embiid, MVP pass versus MVP oh, wow. present in the Finals. I would love, I love to that. see that. I, I would love to see I'm going to call my shot, though. Boston's going to win the next two and win that series. Boston because we saw this last year. Milwaukee took Game 5 on Boston's court a year ago. And then they went to Milwaukee, won game six. That felt like a pseudo-conference final, too, with respect to the Heat and back-to-back -back years, odds are. And game seven, they they won on their home court again. I just think they're a better team. And also, James Harden and Doc Rivers blowing series in the playoffs? Hmm, never heard that one before. But the thing about it, Josh, though, I'm, the only contrarian retort I would have for you is Marcus Smart is not very smart. 
And it seems that the coaching from um, Ume, was it Ime Odoka? Yeah, last year. Him, yeah, last year, his coaching style was a lot more beneficial to where the Celtics were trying to go. It seems like this year, Marcus Smart is taking entirely too many closing second shots. And I think that's going to be the doom for it the is, Celtics. It is funny. I heard somebody say this. I want to give him credit, but I can't remember who it was. It's like, Marcus Smart probably is going to be traded this offseason because he the he probably should be playing a role that he's overqualified for but he's wanting to play a role that he <laughs> isn't good enough for right, so right, it, right, it just right. doesn't really seem to fit for Marcus Smart now let's get to grammar school if you want to help me out we got Daniel Tosh tickets go see him in Greensboro uh, if you can help me out with a grammar school question, 336-777-1600. He's going to be at Tanger Center, and those tickets go on sale Friday. Let's play the game. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. And just when you think it can't get any worse, Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm going to put one in the air. It's time. For B Dot's Grammar School. Nobody better than B Dot. Pre game, during game, post game. Brought to you by Heritage Hardwood Floors. When it comes to flooring, they have no ceiling. Thank you very much, Jay Billis, for letting the people know how great I am. And thank you very much to Heritage Hardwood Floors for sponsoring this segment. When it comes to flooring, <laughs> they have absolutely no ceiling. How you feeling today, Josh? I- I'm feeling good. I got overalls on because I lost a bet. Um, what is that all about? I saw that on your Instagram, but I didn't know what the bet was. I just saw you in overall. Yeah, we, in, overall? in a month and a half, we hadn't really been pushing the YouTube channel the way that we were we were supposed to. I, right. We had like 200 subscribers in a month and a half. So I said last Tuesday, hey, if we get to 300 by the end of the week, then I'll I'll wear overalls. It happened in two days. So, <laughs> yeah, people, people wanted it. They clamored for it. Here I Slept am. Slept on them. Uh, Robert says I should go shirtless on Friday with the overalls tomorrow on a rhinestone cowboy Friday. Okay. I haven't decided well, if okay. I'm going to do that yet. Okay, Love I got a call cast it question for you. And, again, if you want to win the Daniel Tosh tickets, 336-777-1600. Are you ready to go, Dot? Ready. Okay. Carolina Hurricanes, they have a chance to close out the Devils tonight. Where are the Devils from? The, Hell. The Blake. Hell. The, the devils up from hell. The, the devils, the imps, the um, all of the hell. Because his name is Lucifer. He actually started in heaven, Josh. I don't know if you knew this, but he was actually the musical angel in heaven. Yep. But he tried to go against God. God kicked him out of heaven, and now the devil is doomed to hell. The hockey context, the blank devils. Oh, the New Jersey devils. There you go. Yeah, just just make sure. <laughs> yeah, the New Jersey Devils. I, I didn't know hockey. You know, we're just yeah. trying to that test. Was one of the, that, that was one of those lucky ones for me that I I, I knew that one. It, there's a couple of them. There's only like four hockey teams I know 100. percent Anywhere else, I'm gonna struggle. I'd love to know those teams at a later point. What's okay? What's your first grammar school question? All right. If somebody says I put that on, what are they saying? Mm, I if put that says, on. Yes, I put that on blank. What are they saying? 336-777-1600. Crap. Already, John. What I think about when I hear I put that on, the last of the three questions you're going to ask is music-related. Where I immediately go is to Young Jeezy put on is an all-time hit. One of my favorite rap songs ever. Oh, I love Young Jeezy. 
let me ask you when he says that he in that context it's not the same context but when he says i put on for my city what is he saying josh Graham? he's repping for his city Represent it. That's right. Yeah, um, I put on for Youngsville, North Carolina, and for the triumph. You tell him. Every you tell day. him, Josh. You tell him. I'm trying to think. What What's the uh, go-to like one-liner that distinguish that sets uh, Young Jeezy apart? No, I, I'm thinking about. Hmm. This is gonna bother me. <laughs> All right. I put that on. I'm going to say that means that I put that on blank. I'm going to say, like, you're carrying something. So it's not exactly repping, but, you know, you talk about, like, LeBron tonight or LeBron last night. He had a chance to win and clinch, but it didn't. He was, he was going to put that on. Steph Curry put that on <laughs> what a last word night. Salad. Yeah, that's what that's what Steph did. Give me the X. Yeah, X them out, please. X. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Put that on. Put that on means to swear. Like if I say oh. I'm the best PA announcer or I'm the best arena host in a in the ACC, and I put that on my kids. Oh yeah, I see. I could have helped you with that. that. On. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Put it on my mama. So yeah, you yeah, put yeah. it on see, your mama. You're you're I, swearing at your mother. No, no like just, I swear. Oh, like yeah. you're you're like, like saying like, something is legit. You're putting like an exclamation point on it. Yeah, absolutely. And you put it on something that you wouldn't dare lie about. Like you put that on your dog. Yeah. Okay, so it'd be like, I am the greatest sports talk radio host in the triad. I put that on. No, no, no. <laughs> I, you have to put it on something. You have to put it on something that's important to you. So what's what's the dog's name? Winnie? Oh, oh! I put that on my mama. I put that yeah. on. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. you go. I got you. I got you. Understood. Understood. Okay. Yes. What's the next yes. one? The next one. What does it mean to be lost in the sauce? Lost in the sauce. Yep. Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. Because I gotta get this one right. I need some help. I'm bribing you with Daniel Tosh tickets, who I love. That's a very, like, he had a stretch, kind of like Dane Cook did, like, 15 years yeah. ago, where he was huge yeah. for, like, three years. Daniel Tosh had yes. a had a run, Dot. That Tosh 2.0 joint? Yeah! Like, Tosh.0. Tosh. Tosh. or whatever it was called. Like, that joint was lit. Like, he was, was low-key the pioneer of that, like, the TV in the back and just voicing over videos and stuff that everybody does now. Tosh.0 is damn near the originator of that. Yeah, yeah, and it started like a a he, he kind of pioneered a run of like deadpan dark-ish comedy, like shock humor yeah. that Anthony yeah. Jeselnik then took with him and I've seen him in person. I haven't seen Daniel Tosh, but I'm interested in it. Who should I go to first here, uh, WD? Uh, you should go to Mark and Advance. Okay, Mark and Advance, what does it mean to get lost in the sauce? That means you're drunk. I was thinking that, but again, I have to get this one right. Is he right? Are we right, uh, B-Dot? Is this your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. Okay, let's go to the next caller to see if he can tell me what lost in the sauce meant. See, you and I, Mark and Advance, we were in the same place, but I'm going to see if the next caller can help pinch hit and win these Daniel Tosh tickets and also help me 
Because I swear, Dot, that was the first place my brain went. Lost in the sauce. <laughs> and that's, not a, that's not a bad guess. Yeah, that wasn't the a sauce... bad guess. I can understand why you and Mark would guess that, but that is incorrect. Who am I going to? Julius and Winston. Julius, lost in the sauce. Help. Uh, that means, you, it means you're confused. I'm confused. Lost in the sauce. Is that right, Dot? That is correct. There you go. Congratulations. You're going to... Now, uh, just for Tosh. clarity, just for some clarity, it means you're confused in whatever's going going on. Like you know what sauce is? Sauce is when you just got swag. Yeah. If you got, but if you got too much swag, Josh, you can get lost in the sauce. You can get caught up in all this swag you got and people making you feel better than you are, and you can mess around and get confused, thinking you're bigger than what you are, and be lost in the sauce. I've heard bro. Cam Newton make that reference before that he was lost in the sauce. Last one. All right, song time. Are you ready? Cut I'm ready. Down. I'm ready. The lyrics are, Cutie the bomb. Met her at a beauty salon. She had a baby Louis Vuitton under her underarm. She said, I can tell you rock. I can tell by your charm. And as far as girls, you got a flock. I can tell by your charm and your arm. I'm pretty sure it's a Lil Wayne song. Oh, man. No, 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 no. It's, um, it's Jay-Z. <sighs> you should know this. You really should. It's a Jay-Z song. Better... Oh, wait, wait, wait. She take my money. Oh, it's Kanye. Jesus walks. Is it Kanye? Jesus walks. Go to the music. That is gold digger. That is not Jesus Oh no, I said the wrong song title. <laughs> Idiot. It's gold digger. No. I was. I Russell Wilson did. I threw a goal line pick. Oh no. No. I sang the hook. I sang the hook and got the wrong song. I sang the hook. You love Kanye. You shouldn't have got that wrong. I'm disappointed, Josh. I'm, I'm disappointed, disappointed in myself, too. And I just want to tell your audience um, that uh, Jamie Foxx is in this song with Kanye West, and Jamie Foxx is um, fighting for his life in a hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. And I just want the listeners to pray for Jamie Foxx. He is one hell of a, uh, a, a, a just a, a person. He's a great actor. He's a great singer and artist and host. And um, our community is really grieving. Jamie Foxx fans are really grieving um, as he fights for his life in Atlanta, Georgia. So I just wanted to put some love out there in the atmosphere for him. All love, man. Thanks for doing that. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, Dot. See you soon.